We come to this place for horror. We come to this podcast to jump, to scream, to scare, because we need that. All of us, that heart-stopping feeling when the lights begin to dim, and we go somewhere we probably shouldn't. Not just frightened, but somehow reanimated together. Terrifying images on a huge silver screen. Sound that makes my blood curl. Somehow, nightmares feel good in a place like this. Our monsters threaten the best part of us. And stories feel creepy and sinister. Because here... <laughs> they are... It's showtime. If you want me again, I'll cut you like a fish. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help you destroy it. Welcome to another episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined today by Matt Curione. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Thank you for joining me today. I've been looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm doing good. It's been a very long day, but I think we got it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am the editor-at-large over at TalkFilmSociety.com. I also co-host a podcast with my friend Jacob, and we do a show called Monsters Never Die, where we look at classic horror movies, new horror movies, as well as their remakes, sequels, rip-offs, and uh, basically anything that's like inspired by them. So we essentially, we started doing the original Universal Monsters, and then we would talk, you know, The Mummy, and then we would talk The Hammer Mummies, and The Brendan Fraser Mummy, and it was just, it was a total blast, and... That one-month limited series has evolved into about, oh, I don't know, two and a half years of doing a show with my buddy Jacob and having a blast doing it. That's awesome. I I do enjoy listening to your podcast. I actually, um, I'm in the middle of one of your episodes right now. It's the one where you're going through, like, it's your most recent one on uh, 200 films. You're just listing a bunch of them. We finally covered 200 movies, and that's pretty nuts, actually. (laughs) I mean, we cover like five or six movies an episode, so we were going to get there pretty quick, but you got a lot of bang for your buck over at Talk Film Society and Monsters Never Die. Yeah, it's a a lot of fun. I'm highly recommending that to all of our listeners. Uh, It's a really fun podcast. Uh, So I'm going to go with my next question. What's your favorite movie? Uh, If anyone follows me on Twitter, they know it's Alien, and it will always be Alien. I don't think I've seen a more perfect film ever in my life it's just i put it on for fun i know a lot of people don't but it's just one of those movies that i could just throw on and let myself just fall into it it's it's fantastic i i love i love that film i'm gonna be honest alien is the first movie on this podcast to come up twice nice uh, on that question what i like to hear yeah it's it's a really good one uh my first time watching it was on the big screen Nice, nice. Uh, when Ridley Scott released the director's cut, I was I went to that. I was, yeah. I think I that was two thousand one, two thousand three, two thousand three. Yeah, I was like just out of high school. Yep, I had just graduated high school. So right, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was that was fun. Uh, it wasn't the first Alien movie I saw. The first, I grew up watching uh, Aliens. Nice. And then a few years later, uh, my mom had rented Alien, and she's like, you should watch this now. <laughs> uh, have you played Live A Live at all? I I bought it, but I haven't played it. <laughs> I'm bad like that. I'm thinking you might enjoy the Distant Future segment. Okay, all right. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Nice. Then I, will, then I will start that, because I started in like the prehistoric section, and I was like, eh, this ain't grabbing me. So uh, that's probably ahead. my least favorite segment in the game. <laughs> uh, but it was still fun. Um, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to briefly geek out about? Uh, well, I've recently become a TV guy, believe it or not. Uh, for years, my motto was TV is hard. And I'd rather just watch a movie where I'm in and out in 90 minutes. But now I'm watching entire seasons of 
shows. So I recently watched all of Better Call Saul in about two weeks. And that jumped up to, I don't know, top five show of all time. It's really, really freaking good. Um, and now I'm almost done with Veep. So, yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV. It's uh, weird. Feels weird. <laughs> no, TV, there's a lot of great stuff. And I think I, I, I'm, I'm with you, on, especially on that beginning, the thing you said, like, at the start, like, TV is hard. Just because of, like, how daunting a task it is. Yeah, and it... It's like, it, it feels like there's more TV than movies, only because, you know, seasons come into play. But my mom was making fun of me when I told her I was watching Veep. She's like, oh, it takes you a while to catch up on things. And I just said, I'm like, well, not a lot of things interest me, so I'll get around to it when I get around to it. I do need to catch up on Better Call Saul, especially considering how much I like Breaking Bad. It feels weird to say it, but I th it's better than Breaking Bad. <laughs> The character arcs are great. Uh, every performance is just through the roof, top-notch stuff. We don't deserve Bob Odenkirk, basically. He's so good. Uh, even that one action movie he did this year, Nobody, was so much Amazing. fun. I loved him. Amazing. And it's awesome seeing him now because I grew up watching Mr. Show. And just to see that loud, angry man on Mr. Show like do these like really great dramatic parts, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I like this guy. Good for you. <laughs> I would rather talk about... Do you know what they got me? Malibu, Barbie. Um, you're you're behind the couch. I can um see your feet. You can't wear white shoes after Labor Day. That's not true anymore. Yes, it is. Didn't your mother ever tell you? Got some mums. Kill Phil. Sorry. Grab Liz. Go to the Winchester. Have a nice cold pint. And wait for all this to blow over. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Uh, so, today we're going to be discussing uh, one of my, I don't want to say favorite, because horror in general for me, like, always seems to work, but I do love a good horror comedy. Who doesn't? Uh, what would you say your favorite one is? Uh, if it counts as a horror comedy, I would say Ghostbusters. Uh, that's another movie that I can watch whenever, and I it's one of those ones where you know all the lines, and you know exactly what is going to happen down to the second, but it still works for me every damn time. Uh, I, I love Ghostbusters. That's, that's a really good one. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I love Beetlejuice. I, I still think that's one of Burton's best. That's a really good one. Uh, Gremlins 2 is next level. Uh, it's probably Joe Dante's best movie, maybe? Quite possibly, yeah. It's either that or The Burbs for me. I can't, I can never decide which one I love more. Uh, and honestly, Jason Lives, uh, the sixth in that franchise that is my favorite slasher series. Uh, it's funny without being, like, Marvel funny, where it's, it's taken the piss out of itself and wants you to laugh at it. It wants you to laugh with it, and I think that's what a good horror comedy should do. That's the one that starts off with the James Bond opening, right? Yes, yes. I love Fantastic. that one. Fantastic. Oh, with my personal favorite, it's a tough one. Um, this one kind of is sort of on the sidelines just because, like, I'm pushing the term with horror here, but mm. I love Adam's Family Values. Oh my God, it's perfect. That... <laughs> I loved it when I was a kid. I love it even more as an adult. Uh, everything about it is great. I think uh, Joan Cusack should have been nominated and mm -hmm. should have won Without a doubt. the Oscar Without a doubt. for that. Oh, she, like, everything. Christina Ricci is the perfect Wednesday. Oh, she's great. And, like, I loved the first one, but this one is, like, a better sequel, I think. Yes, yes. It's it's funnier. Uh, it It is the best Thanksgiving movie Yes. Um, <laughs> I love everything at the summer camp. It's just, oh my god, great movie! It, it's got Carol Kane in it. Yes, come on, you really, you can't top Adam's Family Values with the temperatures of Waikiki. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yes, that's, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I but, miss Raul Julia because a Buick. <laughs> because 
no one could ever be as great, uh, even with the originals. Like, Raul Julia went for it with Gomez. He was such a good actor. I was talking in a previous episode about his performance in Street Fighter. Oh my god, yes. And his Just per- went for it. The movie, okay, maybe not the best, but his performance in it was incredible. Oh, phenomenal. For me, it was Tuesday. It's- yes, yes. <laughs> Love it. And I also considered Little Shop of Horrors because I love a good musical. So. That same. And that's a movie that I grew up watching the theatrical cut. For years and years, I only knew the, the happy ending. And then I saw the director's cut and was kind of blown away that you guys spent all this money on this ending and you just cut it? What is wrong with yes. you? Yes. Um, Producers are stupid. Right? <laughs> those test audiences... I performed Little Shop of Horrors in high school. Um, That's cool. That's cool. And that one had, like, the original ending where everyone dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do think that the director's cut ending is the better ending. Yeah. But depending on my mood when I'm watching Mm -hmm. it, I may go with the theatrical cut ending. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little levity at the end. Yeah. Instead of everyone dying. Pretty much. (laughs) Even though (laughs) That is a good song. I do like Don't Feed the Plants. That's that's a good one. So horror comedy, that's like a very broad um, topic. Uh, I included Adam's Family Values in that. So it's it can inclu- encompass films that were intended to be comedic, films that maybe mm-hmm. were meant to be scary. Um, uh, for me, um, I, I like to consider all of them. Yeah. Uh, I like a good camp horror movie. They can be fun. Uh, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. One of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorites. I I love it. I love that this year's Spirit Halloween is going all out with their Killer Clown stuff. <laughs> Over here uh, at Universal Studios, that was yeah. one of their mazes for Horror Nights. And yeah, they, and they brought it back this year, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to go. It's fun. I, I love it. I heard the Florida one is better, but I've never been to that one. I've I'm here on the yeah, West I have Coast. A, so. I have a friend who works at the Florida one, and they said it's like the coolest job. They just get to scare the crap out of people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about it is just how they recreate the movie sets. Like, you're walking yeah, wild, through the movie. Right? It's great. Specific camp horror film that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think it was on your list, but John Waters' Serial Mom. I am going to be honest, I have not seen that one, but it is on my list. This was this was my first Waters when I was, I don't know, 11, 10 years old. We rented it because we wanted to watch a horror movie at a sleepover. And I, my young mind was not ready for John Waters. And uh, needless to say, I loved it. And I revisited it recently, and it's my favorite of his movies. It's so much fun. Kathleen Turner is next level. Everything about it is just fun and campy, and it's incredibly violent, and it's just a really good time. So I'll definitely be checking that one out. Uh, speaking of John Waters, he had a my, he had a small part in a one of the Child's Play films. Yes, uh, uh, I, Seed of Chucky. Seed of Chucky. Yes, he was the best part of that movie. <laughs> so when I was a kid, Chucky used to scare me. Mm-hmm. Just the image of that demonic-looking face on that doll was like, that's enough like to him. terrify <laughs> any kid. And then I grew up and realized the movie was kind of supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's I, a funny dude. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, the later sequels. Once you get to, like, Bride of Chucky, this mm-hmm. is, like, full-on, like, humor. Like, she's reading a book that says voodoo for dummies. Like Bride of Chucky's a hoot. I... Me and my friend wanted to see that in theaters, and our uh, my mom had to sit with us throughout the entire movie because they wouldn't let underage kids in without a guardian. She has never forgiven me for that. Because <laughs> she does not do, like, slashers or horror or anything. She'll do, like, classic horror, like The Exorcist or Jaws. But when it comes to gore and blood and guts, she taps out and she doesn't pay attention. She doesn't do it. Even if it's comedic? <laughs> Even if it's comedic. And it's weird because one of her favorite movies is The Crazies. Really? I think she just... I mean, who doesn't have a thing for Timothy Oliphant? That, that was a good one. I think that's 
I think that's it. I think that's why she loves that movie so much. Yeah, a lot of the horror franchises, too, they do kind of dive into, like, a more camp comedic territory towards the end. Um, You mentioned Friday the 13th Part 6. I think it was the one where he goes to Manhattan where he just punches someone's head off. Yes, he does. (laughs) I have a soft spot for Jason X. It's fun. It's not good, but it's fun. I just love how it just didn't take itself seriously at all. No, not at all. Not at all. The, uh, I was, I think I was one of three people in the theater opening night. It was pretty great. Oh, gosh. the We love premarital sex. <laughs> That's a fun movie. and then it, it actually has my favorite Jason kill, which is the uh, uh, liquid nitrogen face. Yes, yes. That was so cool. It's so brutal. <laughs> it's so mean. Hey, guys, he just wanted his machete back. <laughs> Ah, uh, good stuff. And Freddy Krueger would also, like, dive into, like, these, like, one-liners. Like, he turned mm-hmm. into, like, basically an 80s action star, except, he you did. Know, killing people. Bless him. Bless Robert Englund. Oh, he's that so That weird dude. <laughs> um, Evil Dead. So the first one, as I can recall, was straight horror. Yes. Yes, without a doubt. And then two and three happened, and those were comedy. Yeah, I think Sam Raimi realized that his buddy Bruce is a human cartoon and used it to its full effect, and his legend was born. Yes, yeah, and still works with him to this day, like he was just in Doctor Strange. Bless him. Bless the pizza papa. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just recently watched Happy Death Day. Oh, yes, yes. The Groundhog Day of horror movies. I love it. I love both. Yeah, I didn't see the second one yet. Ah, uh, never never thought a movie called Happy Death Day to You would make me cry, but here I am. <laughs> oh my god, then I have to see that one. It's beautiful. It's it's a really good movie. It's less horror and more just straight-up college comedy, but it works so well. Uh, did you get a chance to see Freaky? I did, I did. I actually really like that one. Yeah, that one was fun too. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think Vince Vaughn hasn't been that good in years. <laughs> He's very, he's very funny in that movie, and very good. A good serial killer. Um, yeah, I like that one. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, and you also mentioned the Frighteners. Oh, uh, I okay. When it comes to Peter Jackson, I don't count. Like when I'm ranking Peter Jackson, like his Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies. Yeah, they're great, but I need to look at his other movies, and that's probably my second favorite of his. Like I love the Frighteners. I grew up watching that one. I, I love, uh, going back to John Aston, the original Gomez, I love him as, as, as the Duke in that movie. He's a lot of fun. Michael J. Fox is great uh, playing against type. Yeah, I, I, oh God, The Frighteners is awesome. I, I always struggle, like, I, my understanding is, like, his visual effects work in The Frighteners is kind of like what got him his job for Lord of the Rings, yep. if I'm not mistaken, for the, the yep. ghost effects. Yep, I think they had f- just finished editing and doing the final cut of The Frighteners, and he was on his way to start Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, the Frighteners, The, the band never stops working. <laughs> yeah. I saw that one in theaters. Like, wow, jealous. I rented that one when I was a kid. <laughs> I went with... I forgot who I went with, but it was definitely, like, an adult who got me into that movie. Yeah. And, yeah, I... Maybe I didn't appreciate all of it, hmm. but I feel like... You know, you grow up and then you catch the stuff you didn't catch when you were a kid. Like Exactly. Like, I had said this on Twitter before, but when I first saw it, I had no idea who Jeffrey Combs was. No idea. And now I'm, I watched this movie last last October. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Reanimator. And he's putting on a clinic of character acting in, in The Frighteners. He is insane. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, when it comes to, like, there's camp horror, and then you get to horror that's so bad it's good yes 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 uh they kind of intersect sometimes but i do feel like they're not always one in the same yeah a uh, famous example would be plan nine from outer space i talked I about that, that movie. <laughs> briefly in a previous episode as my favorite bad movie it's on it's my good. <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing like he tried he really did. He tried. It's on my letterbox top 25. Nice. That's is how I much like I love it. 
uh, saw it on the big screen when they did the Rift Tracks live okay. event for I'm that. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> it was so fun. And I'd watch it on the big screen again, even without the Rift Tracks commentary. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's bad, but it's perfect. It's yeah. no notes. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> it's complete, total garbage, but it's like, yeah, I, I'm having a good time watching it. Like, it's it's not... The people who say it's the worst movie ever made, they need to watch more movies. <laughs> I say... I don't mind it being called that, but I say it with love. Yeah, it's an honor, to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, if I'm saying, like, the worst movie ever made in that context, it's like, I mean that as in, no, no, you have to see this. It's yeah. it's history. Yeah. Um, when I say worst movie ever in a negative context, I'm talking about something like, you know, say, D.W. Griffith's uh, Birth of a Nation. Um, to me. I've luckily never seen it. <laughs> uh, uh, you're not missing much. I couldn't finish it. It was terrible. Um, also, Troll 2 is another perfect example of, like, uh, so bad it's good. You don't piss on hospitality. That's right. <laughs> I'm cinching my belt. It's goblin spelled backwards. This is their kingdom. What a ridiculous movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God, that, uh, I need to revisit that. It's been many years. And, and in, in that episode, we did talk about like how sometimes a lot of these movies will overstay their welcome a little yeah. bit. But for the most part, they're fun to watch. Yeah, they're good times. And going back to some of our favorites, because you mentioned Ghostbusters was your favorite uh, yes. horror comedy. There are comedies that have a horror backdrop. Ghostbusters is a very good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up watching Ghostbusters 1 and 2. We watch Ghostbusters 2 every New Year's Eve. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's a good one. It is one. so much fun to, like, ring in the New Year while they're taking down Vigo. And yes. everyone is singing Old Lang Syne outside. It is a blast. <laughs> that is kind of perfect, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't recommend that tradition enough. <laughs> I may start doing that. Uh, and Beetlejuice. You mentioned Beetlejuice is a yes. really excellent example of that. Tim Burton in the 80s and 90s, he was, like, on another level there. He was on fire, like, until, like, 2001, like, he hadn't made a bad movie. And, and then, then he did, then he did, then he did, then he did Planet of the Apes. And, uh, that's, ugh, ugh. That's one of, like, Planet of the Apes is, like, one of, like, three Burton movies I hate. And, uh, everything else I like, but his 80s and 90s stuff, you're right. Just on fire. Yes. And Beetlejuice is probably just the top tier, like, super original idea michael keaton is hilarious and he's barely in it which is <laughs> awesome um you ever watch the cartoon yes i grew up watching the cartoon and that's a show that i need to track down and revisit because i used to have so much fun watching that after school yes i loved it and i didn't realize because the cartoon changes the story a bit yeah. and beetlejuice is more of a hero in that yeah he's a good guy now he's just a big goof yeah which, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but in the movie, when I watched... Because I watched it... It was one of those where I had, like, very vague memories of watching it when I was, like, yeah. really, yeah. really little. And mm-hmm. then I watched the cartoon, and I revisited the Burton movie and was like, what? This he's the bad different. guy? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> wow, he's a, he's lecherous in this. What What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I, it's great, though. Like, just, Yeah, I love Beetlejuice, and I still think it's funny that that's what gave us Batman. <laughs> right hey uh tim bring your buddy mike and let's make a batman uh, well, sure sure why not oh could you imagine if the internet existed back then they would have exploded oh, i don't want to think about it uh gremlins as you mentioned before that's another one that i remember watching a lot when i was a kid yeah the first one's just a great christmas movie to be honest <laughs> the perfect christmas movie the second one I remember seeing, but now I can only remember bits and pieces of it. It is... I mean, you've seen the the Key and Peele sketch, where, like, Jordan Peele is going around the room, taking everyone's suggestions for ridiculous uh, gremlins. That's the exact movie that they made. It's insane. It is just... It's just Dante taking studio money, where they said, you can make a, make a sequel to Gremlins. We love Gremlins. You can make whatever you want. And boy, howdy, he did. <laughs> I love that idea. And I do want to, so I need funny. to revisit it. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, there, Gremlins had knockoffs too. Like so many knockoffs. 
Monsters Never Die. We recently did an episode on... Uh, we did an episode on Little Monsters, basically, where we just talked about Gremlins knockoffs. So, you know, you had Critters, uh, Hobgoblins, Ghoulies, uh, all, the, all those ridiculous things. And uh, that was a fun episode. I, I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's also, like, a formula that's... Okay, I'm not going to say it's hard to get wrong, but, like, yeah. it's hard to be against it as well. Yeah, you have little monsters that attack people. It's a good time. It's fine. <laughs> um, what did you think about the live-action Scooby-Doo movie? Okay, I watched the first Scooby-Doo movie a lot when it came out, and then kind of turned on it for whatever reason, and I never watched the sequel. About two years ago, I finally watched the sequel, and loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I thought it was cool that they used monsters from the original cartoon as the villain. Uh, I was talking to my co-host once about this, and it works better. It, it would have worked better if the sequel was the first movie, and the first one was the sequel. If going story-wise, what they did. But I, I love those live-action Scooby-Doo's. I think they're a total hoot and holler. And they're perfectly cast. I didn't realize I, I was I was like already a teenager when the first one came out, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize that they were basically just uh, stoner humor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were I, I a little bit like I knew about the little in jokes that they threw in there because yeah. that was just something that you know everyone knows about the Scooby. It's part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. But oh my god, I didn't. There's just so much of it. <laughs> Yeah, it is, and I think James Gunn wrote both of those, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's very much his type of humor. That's like my favorite name. <laughs> Perfectly cast, though. Perfect. Oh, perfect oh my cast god! For those and movies. Matthew Lillard stayed on as Shaggy, and as well he should have, and he, because he is Shaggy. I'm still mad they replaced him. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, didn't care for that. It was, uh, yeah. Uh. Laika's Paranorman is an One excellent horror comedy. Um, it's, it's kind of playing off that whole formula of like Coraline, Nightmare Before Christmas, but mm -hmm. um, this one, I think that's the first like animated family film that like has an openly gay character. Yep, and my eyes lit up when that reveal happened. Uh, in the final act, I was like, oh, oh, okay, nice. And that movie came out before we had the word himbo. <laughs> and he, he's the perfect himbo. It's great. He is. He is. You'd like my boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> what a good movie. And I'm so, it's one of those movies that I'm like actually thankful for. Because not only is it great for like, you know, representation, but it's also really well written and spooky. <laughs> Yeah, it does have some scary moments in it. And it's gorgeous. Oh, beautifully animated. Like, yeah, really well done. I, I usually like most of Laika's uh, animation. I, ha I haven't seen everything that Laika has put out, but everything I have seen, big fan. Yeah, same. Um, and of course you have Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead and The World's End, part of the yes. uh, Cornetto trilogy. Um. I classified this as a comedy with a horror backdrop, but yeah. honestly, it feels like they're legit horror films that have comedic moments in comedic them. Comedic moments in them, yeah. It's hard to classify those, but they're they're amazing. I remember when uh, years after, you know, four years after Shaun of the Dead came out, that, that was my favorite zombie movie. Yeah. It's just, it's that good. It's so well done. It's It's such... I love that team that he put together to do the, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, they're perfect. Um, and like, yeah, the comedic moments work beautifully, including that part where he's like flipping past all the channels, but like mm -hmm. it's still saying like a cohesive thing. Yeah, yes, yes. Very smart, very smart. I, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of all of Edgar Wright's movies, but when he's on, he's on. Yeah, I think so. Like He can knock it out of the park if he really puts his mind to it. I, I just love his brand of humor. His um, He's good. And The World's End, I've only seen once, and I did enjoy Same. it. Same. Um, it did feel like after Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, that was kind of like, you know, it's the part three. It's the one that, you yeah. know, 
the build-up. Not a letdown, but not quite as good as not the first as, two. Not as high a level as the other two. Yeah, but Shaun of the Dead I've seen so many times, and yep. it, it, I crack up every time. Yeah, if if I could have worn out a DVD, I probably would have worn out that one. <laughs> the same. <laughs> every Halloween. Yep. Um, and then we have the parodies. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> So Mel Brooks famously did Young Frankenstein, which I also considered for my favorite uh, horror comedy. It's a perfect movie. Uh, it's so quotable. Like yeah. It's good, and I, I, it's great because it's not based on the story of the original Frankenstein. It's actually based off of, uh, I believe it's Son of Frankenstein, the, one of the original sequels. And that was a really smart move by Brooks. And it does play like a sequel to Frankenstein, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's good. I and I Oh, God, that movie's wonderful. Even, I actually saw the musical on Broadway and had, even had a blast doing that. Like that, that was a lot of fun. It's playing nearby. I need to get tickets for that. That's cool. That's I cool. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Uh, he did try to follow that up with... Uh, well, not necessarily follow up, but it's like tried to recreate that magic with Dracula dead and loving it. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's not Young Frankenstein, but I no. do have a good time watching it. Yeah, I mean, I can't say no to Leslie Nielsen in parody mode. I really yeah. can't. I mean, there's a couple of direct-to-DVD films that I am afraid of watching, but um, that one, I still quote it to this day. There's, like, stuff like, she will become one herself. My favorite gag in that movie is a visual one, and it's when... Uh, Renfield puts the smiley face in the pile of ashes. I, th- I think that's so freaking funny. You're beginning to look like your old self. <laughs> Master! It's so stupid. Master. It's so stupid. I mean, mister! Mister! <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's such a good good uh, Brooks gag. Yeah, it's lower tier Brooks, but yeah. still really funny. Yeah. Uh, very famous parody franchise would be Scary Movie. Oh, boy. I recently watched the first one, and a lot of it, while a lot of it does hold up, some of it doesn't age well. Not at all. I rewatched it uh, last year, and uh, oofa doofa. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a little mean spirited. Um, just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, the homophobic jokes, the yeah. transphobic joke. Yeah. Um, it, kind of a little cringeworthy there. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, but it has Sherry O'Terry, so yes. bless it. <laughs> Sherry O'Terry and uh, Regina Hall? Yes, Regina yes. Hall? Yeah. She's great. I love so her. So funny. Love her. In the first, even in all four of them that she's in, I don't, I haven't seen the fifth one. Um, I've seen a bunch of them, but I couldn't tell you which ones I've seen. Yeah, I, I, four is the last one I remember. Okay. And there's um, how many? I think five. Wow. All right. I don't know if they made more after that one. Uh, the fifth one, I tried to watch it and couldn't get through it. Oof. Um, and I sat through the fourth one. Um, I'll somewhat defend the Zucker ones because they have moments. Yeah. Um, usually involving Regina Hall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, there's one line in the fourth one that is... It, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard where it's like... It's not a war between us and them as it is between um, men and maggots or wolves and dragons <laughs> and men riding dragons throwing wolves at maggots. <laughs> it's the most absurd thing I've ever heard, and it's like, it's brilliant. The rest of the movie is hit or miss, but that yeah. line kind of almost sometimes, saves it. Sometimes they had gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course... It's funny that Scary Movie was a parody of Scream. Yes. When Scream itself was a parody of slasher films. Yes, it was. Uh, It's one of my favorite series. I love the Scream movies. Uh, I'm one of the few people who will testify under oath that there are no bad Scream movies. Uh, uh, It's... It's it's a great one. I, I'm very happy with what they're doing with the series now. I was very trepidatious going into Scream 5. Because uh, honestly, that series for me is Wes Craven. And I was very interested to see what Radio Silence could do with it. 
and they really did a good job. I, Wes would be proud of Scream 5. Honestly, I think Scream 5 may be not just the best, in my favorite Scream sequel, it okay. may be one, wow. of, All right. one of the best sequels that I've ever seen. It's up there. It's, um, it's up I love there. all it's the Scream films. I, I'm with yeah, you on all There Are No Bad. I, I, I've had arguments over Scream 4, but I enjoyed Scream 4 a I lot. love Scream 4. I, not, not counting the first one, that's probably my favorite. I love how each of them, like, depending on which entry of the franchise you're in, yeah. it's a send-up to whatever number it is. Exactly. Like, the original is, like, a send-up of classic slashers uh the sequel takes on sequels third one is all about trilogies the fourth one is about well the whole remake reboot uh craze of the late uh late 2000s and this new one is about the the legacy sequel yeah oh what i loved about that was the whole how um the one movie that like sets off should we do spoilers? Is it too soon to do spoilers? Uh, when did that come out? January? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, skip <laughs> we're to... good and the sequel's on the way, so yeah, we're good. The movie that sets off the killers on their rampage was directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes, yes. Excellent commentary there. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good uh, part of the movie, yep. And Ryan Johnson apparently had like a good sense of humor about it. Oh, nice. Like nice, he good. tweeted something about like, having a Benoit Blanc scream crossover. It's like, I'd watch <laughs> that. That would be great. Um, apparently the next one's supposed to take place in New York. Yes. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> a little sad that Nev Campbell won't be returning for that. I thought she worked out her contract. Did they? I have I not think... read that yet. If they did, that's great news. I believe they worked out because they were going to pay her peanuts. Yeah, and she's like and the face of the franchise. She's the face of the franchise. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I think you wait. It's like when Halloween did those few movies without Jamie Lee Curtis, which I still enjoyed, but they're not the same. Oh, no, she is not coming back. I thought they. Aw. Yeah. That's sad. That's a shame. You know what? No, good, good for her. Good for her. Yeah, she she knows her worth. She's she's a good actress. She deserves the money. Yes. But we'll still have Gale, and that's yeah. all. That's fine. That's fine. That's true. And the we'll new have, cast they introduced we'll are supposed Gale. to be, like, the new faces of the franchise. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing that, like, at least with Scream 4, it looked like it was going to be uh, Emma Roberts taking over, and yeah, yeah, that yeah. was an excellent swerve they did on us by making her to kill her. <laughs> Oops. It would have been interesting, though, if she did become the face of the franchise. Yeah. Even that with, would have been interesting. Even if, like, for going the way it did. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, with the, the new one coming out, I'm just happy they gave uh, Sidney Prescott a happy ending. Like, she has, she's married to Patrick Dempsey, she has her kids, she's great. She's off doing her thing. Let it, leave it up to Gail Weathers and Kirby now, and let them do their thing. If her not returning to the series means that her character gets a happy ending, great. Yeah, uh, if they nice. kill Sydney, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I would. Uh, I said it when uh, the new when five was coming out. I was like, well, if well, if they kill Sydney, I'm walking out of the theater. Yeah, I won't stay for this. <laughs> and I, I think Radio Silence is pretty cognizant of the fact that she is a very beloved character. Yeah, they're like, not fools. You can kill Dewey, but that's it. Yeah, that was sad. I cried a lot. <laughs> yeah, I knew that one of them were gonna go, go, but like, yeah, I loved it. Uh, that was that was so sad. That was he was amazing in that movie, by the way. Right? Like that was one of that's like that's like his best performance in in his signature role. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he was such a goofy character too. Like, yeah, up until like, that movie. <laughs> yeah, in the new one, like, he was going through some shit. <laughs> oh yeah, he was going through that the split with gail and yeah i was kind of hoping that would get a resolution and he died before that got, got to, to happen. yeah yeah it was upsetting but it was good for the story went out he went out well yes it was a good kill i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately all right so we did get a couple of questions 
Um, this one comes from a friend of the show. He's He was actually on our last episode, Ralph Esparza. Okay. He actually gave us two questions. If you could bring back Tatum, would you? Uh, specifically oh, for screen. one? Yeah. Uh, honestly, no, because she doesn't work without Sydney. I agree. And since Sydney's not coming back, and she doesn't work without Dewey, I don't think. Yeah, she would be the only connection. And also her death in the first movie was iconic. Pretty iconic, yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't take that away. Yeah. I mean, and that was like, her her death was a big part of Dewey's arc. I mean, he he lost his 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 sister. People forget that that like they that they were you know brother and sister in the first one, but like he went through a lot of stuff. He went through a lot of loss, and I mean I think you see it in the the latest one. He has like mementos of hers like on his like mantle. It's yeah yeah. I don't I don't think I'd bring her back. No. Yeah, same. If anything, only like to see more of like him being affected by her death throughout. Mm-hmm the other films yeah because she doesn't really they don't talk about her like at all really yeah yeah Uh, and she was sydney's best friend so yeah bam sid super bitch yeah she was a cool (laughs) character like i was she was great i liked her i'm always sad to see a cool character like Mm -hmm. not survive the movie exactly like the movie kind of needs it sounds heartless to say we're sacrificing this character for the good of the movie, but <laughs> she's not real, so it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and his second question is, if you could recast Scream, who would you cast? With, like, people from nowadays? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know anyone's name nowadays. That's right? the issue. Um, let's see. I know who's, like, Florence huge Pugh? and famous now. I don't know who's huge and famous now, but, like, I don't know. Jeez. Uh, let's see, there's, I mean, Florence Pugh, maybe, would be yeah, a good... Kid, kids like Zendaya. Zendaya. Um, She's a thing. <laughs> Emma Stone, is she too old? She might be too old, She's yeah. not high school age anymore, or can't, yeah. can she do high school? I don't know, she's a great actress. Maybe she could do high school still. Maybe. Ben Honestly, Platt, I guess? No, I'm just nowadays, kidding. <laughs> nowadays, they'd probably cast her as the mom. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Stone. Ugh, Hollywood's mean. <laughs> I know. I love her. She's great. But, like, she was playing a high school, like, a high schooler, what, 10 years ago? 10 years ago, yeah. EZA, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you're right. Like, a lot of the new celebrities now are, like, TikTok. I don't know their names. The youngest <laughs> one that I could think of is Florence Pugh. Okay. Yeah. Florence Who would Pugh, fit uh, that mold? Well, yeah, the cast of Scream 5. Yeah, no, that's a good cast. Yeah. I just don't know their names. <laughs> I don't I don't know the actors and actresses' names. Couldn't I'll learn them eventually. I mean, eventually we'll know who these people are, but right now it's just, you're just the new people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a tough question, especially since Scream already had a perfect cast. It did. And because the new movie came out, and if that's the case, I would probably push those actors onto the cast of Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're, we were to redo it. But also, don't redo it, because it's perfect. Don't redo it. <laughs> uh, this one is coming from the underscore Javier Ramirez, uh, with one R. Okay. Um, Hello, Javier. Well, one R between Javier and Ramirez, just kind of like they blend together. Gotcha. Um, what movie would you change or prefer an alternate ending? Ooh. Oh, I have a mean one. <laughs> Uh, I would edit Aliens to include the bleak opening of Alien 3 so people wouldn't be pissed at Alien 3. <laughs> that might actually improve Alien 3. That would that would take the heat off of Alien 3. And put it on the know, better movie. <laughs> and take it off of Alien 3, which is a flawed movie that I love, and just put it on a perfect movie that, honestly, it's so good, maybe it could use a flaw. Maybe people would forgive it in Aliens. Yeah. Um, I was also very upset with how Alien 3 opened. It's like, wait, no, they survived. They <laughs> no, definitely they survived. What's going on? And Fincher is just like, no, I'm bleak. It's my brand. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going, well, 
I don't know if I still feel this way, but when the movie first came out, it's kind of going the opposite route mm-hmm. that you're taking. Um, the Mist's ending very oh, much upset me. It's so mean. I only just saw that movie for the first time like a year or two ago, and I had no idea what the ending was. And apparently that wasn't Stephen King's original ending either. (laughs) Frank Darabont is mean. He's a mean man. Right? It's so dark. And then just wait a few more seconds. (laughs) It's dark, but when you think about it, like, just, oh, just wait a few seconds. It's funny. (laughs) So I don't know now if I feel the same. But before I was like, no, they need to survive this. Or nope. don't do the thing where everything is fixed a few seconds later. <laughs> but now I'm like, you know what? No, that's actually a brilliant ending. And I was just mad because I was, what? Yeah, I could imagine seeing that like when it came out with a crowd and just the silence that would go over the audience. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I think the meanness of the ending kind of gave that movie uh, longevity. Like, yeah, it's a good movie. I like it. So now I I don't know if I would change it anymore because I'm like, "Eh, (laughs) maybe that is a good one. Yeah, that's a movie that you spring on someone who's never seen it. You're like, we should watch the Stephen King movie, The Mist. The guy who did Shawshank did it, so it's got a happy ending. (laughs) It is a well-directed movie. It's so good. It's good. I love it. And I now looking it. back, I'm like, yeah, no, that's a good ending. I, mm-hmm. I'm very upset by it, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also another previous guest of the show, Logan Belitho. Uh, not so much a question, but this pertains to scary movie. <laughs> uh, he says Brenda needs her own movie. From who? What? I'm sorry. Uh, from Scary Movie. That Brenda, oh, Brenda. Uh, Regina Hall. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd watch her. I mean, I'd watch Regina Hall in anything. Yeah, uh, the the one strength that's the biggest strength that series has for me, I think, is her. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, she is the star. No matter how hard they tried to not make her the star of that series, and they just brought her back as like you know a, a character actor. No, 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 she's the star of that entire series. Every death scene she had was like so. Yeah, she's good. funny. The, She's terrific. The theater scene, the riff on Scream 2, and mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. ring when she gets into a fight with the ghost. Yes. she Yeah, she fights the ring ghost, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that scene. That was Cindy, good. Cindy, the TV's leaking. <laughs> and I had one more question. Let me load that up really quick. Don't you hate it when you're, like, trying to click something and then, like, a notification pops up and yep. you accidentally click that instead? happens all the time all right this is a recommendation or a list of recommendations uh from milady of disney on twitter okay um monster squad yes i need to rewatch that i haven't seen that Uh, since i was a kid i that's usually what i kick off october with yeah i love it so much it's it's goonies with the universal monsters but it's so much better than goonies <laughs> well and anything with universal monsters would be better like everything is better with universal monsters yeah and it has the best looking gill man uh it has one of my favorite draculas uh the frankenstein monster in that movie is so much fun i love the, the werewolf design yeah i love everything about that movie. I love that they fight Dracula with pizza. I think that's cool. That's a fun idea. I need to rewatch this. It's been so long. Ugh, it's so good. I remember that was, like, only on VHS for years, and you couldn't find it anywhere. And then at my local Suncoast, uh, the manager there knew me and knew how much I was always asking about Monster Squad, and they couldn't order it. And one day she goes, it's coming to DVD. Do you want to pre-order it? I have never thrown five bucks on a counter so fast. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, the Monster Squad is top tier. I love it. Uh, she also mentioned some of the ones that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. Gremlins, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, there's one that she mentioned that I have not seen, Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, it's fun. That's a fun musical. So I want to check that one out. That's a, a po- that's a, the zombies, and it's Christmas, and the songs are good. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. This person has good taste. <laughs> Very much so. Um, she's had some good recommendations for me in the past. <laughs> and also there's a Shaun of the Dead. 
she brings up a good point that she thinks Hot Fuzz has some horror elements in it, particularly with the cult at the end with the the greater good mantra. Yep, the creepy town. I didn't think about it that way. And now I'm looking back going, oh, yeah, no, that's like actually real world horror that could kind of happen here. Yeah, he always puts really good horror elements into his films when he does. And when he when he does choose to use those elements, he's good at it. (laughs) Yeah, very good. And that is a legit creepy scene. Mm -hmm. And kind of funny when you have that one guy at the end just saying the greater good. Yes. (laughs) Again, just this perfect blend of, like, horror and comedy. Like, Edgar Wright is so good at that. I wanted to do that again. That'd be fun. I would have loved... I liked Last Night in Soho. I would have liked if it had more comedic elements. I loved that movie. Yeah. That movie was... That was intense. That was a good time. Yeah. Actually, yeah, come to think of it, would it be better with comedy, or is it fine the way it is? I think it's good that they play it straight, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And oh man, I love that cast too. It's That's a good another cast. really good kid. Diana Rigg. Right. Her last her last thing just t- destroying it. Like so good. I love her in that. Terrence Stamp is wonderful. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's a that's a Excellent really misdirect. cool movie. And like all his movies, it's cool looking. Yes. Just like I'll the... throw that on tonight. That yeah, I need to watch that one again. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. If I can change and you can change. All right, so for our rotating segment, uh, you selected reappraisals? Yeah, sure. I wanted to talk about one of my favorite films of all time. In fact, this is Top Ten Matt. Uh, Cloud Atlas from the Wachowskis and Thomas, whatever his last tick for... What, what, I, I can't say his last name. Twiker? Uh, sure. Run Lola Run guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the guy who did Perfume. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love Cloud Atlas. It's one of those movies where it came out. uh, My theater didn't even get it. I saw it on worst of lists and like the worst movies of the year. So I had to see it, obviously. I mean, it can't be that bad, right? And 20 minutes in, no, I fell in love. Like this movie is really cool. Uh, I like how it's the cast is almost like a theater troupe putting on a play. And for each segment, they ran behind the scenes, they changed their makeup and costumes, and ran back out on stage. Uh, It's really cool. Uh, It has some awesome sci-fi elements, uh, some great performances. It has some of my favorite Tom Hanks, uh, him asking for tequila, a couple of fingers. I think that his little, his character, his like British character, I thought that was really good. Uh, The movie's makes me laugh it makes it's everything a movie should be it makes me laugh it makes me cry it has me on the edge of my seat uh it's just so much fun it has a heist halfway through it's just i love cloud atlas it's my favorite thing the wachowskis ever did uh i it is in my all-time top 10 which i have a lot well i have 10 movies in there but (laughs) it's a it's a movie that uh i don't watch often I watch it maybe once a year, but every time I do, I'm just swept up in it, and I cannot let it go. And yeah, I it got so much hate, which is crazy because it's so which good. Is crazy. The Wachowskis. What I love about them is like even if they don't like, even if it doesn't land, they take a big swing every they time. They go for it. And Cloud Atlas was like the biggest of big swings, mm-hmm. and for me, I thought it landed. Yeah. Uh, it's not like the mist that Jupiter Ascending was, but again, I respect yeah. the attempt. <laughs> that's a movie. Yeah. That's a movie that happened in front of me. <laughs> uh, I've, have you ever read the book? Have you tried? Uh, not yet. I've been I tried. Time. And the book is told chronologically. Oh. And I couldn't get into it. That's... After, after seeing the movie, the way they jump back and forth in time, to go to the book, which is told in order, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to, like get a PDF of that book and re-edit it to be out of order like the movie, then maybe I can enjoy it more. I didn't... Wow, that was brought in by the Wachowskis and um, Tom Twiker. Yeah. Or Tickfer. That's that's a... Whatever his name is. Uh, (laughs) I like him. That's a good movie. God, I love Cloud Atlas. Yeah. 
Um, the only thing, the only criticism I could see that I, I think would be valid would be the scene that takes place in future Korea, North Korea. Yes. Because ah, uh, yeah. yeah, because that. of the whole theater troupe element that includes all of the non-Asian actors putting mm. on prosthetics, which is weird. It doesn't look natural. It's bizarre, yes. Yeah, and also offensive, but... Yeah, just a bit. That would be the only... For me, that would be the only complaint that I would have about it. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I have a thing that I say where all of our favorite movies are problematic in some way. Without a doubt. Uh, nothing ages well. Um, well, it, it ages well, but like nothing has everything age well, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. Uh yeah, but otherwise, it's a really just fantastic movie. Just so well edited, so well put together. The writing is great. Uh, all of the actors are great. Um, love Jim Broadbent in that movie. Jim Broadbent's great. <laughs> he's great. I love him. I've always liked him. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. Ever since Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. I've, been a, <laughs> I've been a huge Jim Broadbent fan, and he's another actor that I'll watch in anything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, when I saw that on worst of lists, I'm like, have you seen, like, no movies in 2012? Like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> weird, right? Yeah, it's... I could see, like, why it might not work for everyone, but, like, to just kind of go that hard against it just feels like yeah. an overreaction. Yeah, I think it was Time Magazine's worst movie of the year, and, uh, go what? to hell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> go to hell. It... No, it's fantastic. If, if you want to see something that's just so refreshingly original, yeah, like there's nothing else like Cloud Atlas. Yeah, it's a it's a movie that uh, when it came out, I showed it to my uh, my boyfriend at the time, and he's like, "It's good, but I don't really get it." <laughs> and then last year, I showed it to him again, and he was like, "Okay, no, it clicked. I, no, I get it now. This is no, this is good." <laughs> I'm kind of looking at it on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And it's tomato. It's a rare occasion where the tomato meter and the audience score are exactly the same. Oh, weird! At sixty-six percent. It's not going to work for everyone, but it will so, work if you're on its level. Most people, most people, or more people liked it than didn't. Yeah. But like those who didn't like it really went hard against it. Which, it's that's just mean. Yeah. I think it's all people also went hard against it because they were coming off of the Matrix sequels, which people hated when they came out and guess what everyone realized years later no they're actually good right <laughs> yeah the the wachowskis like they had i guess there's this narrative around them where it's like oh their one hit wonder was the matrix and it's like <sighs> forgetting that bound came out before the matrix and that was excellent bound is great i saw that for the first time uh, earlier this year and that was awesome i, I was not expecting a twisty neo-noir with Joey Pants. <laughs> I had so much fun watching that movie. And to see scenes in that movie that they directly lifted for The Matrix was awesome. And, and yeah, the, the ma entire Matrix trilogy. And I'm going to go ahead and include um, the last Matrix movie, Resurrection. Big fan. Uh, I love that one. Big fan. Thank God she got to make that before Zaslav took over HBO. Because <laughs> that prick would have put the kibosh on that as soon as he read the first page of the script yeah that prick neo that and trinity got the happy ending they deserved because mm -hmm. that was my one complaint about resurrections like no they they deserve to live yeah no they <laughs> do yeah it's like this is upsetting yeah and then all these years later she's like no you do deserve that happy ending damn it <laughs> good and we're all better for it <laughs> we are we are what a cool movie that was so yeah ah. cloud atlas Honestly, I think most of the Wachowski's work uh, is worthy of a reappraisal. Maybe not Jupiter Ascending. I'll, I'll, I'll give Jupiter Ascending a pass, because again, it was it's, like... It's fine. It's original, <laughs> at least. It, yeah, it is. But it also, like, that should have been a trilogy. I Fair, yes. <laughs> that movie is so rushed. They really did just kind of, like, put everything in there. And it has my acting kryptonite in it. I, I cannot stand Redmayne at all like even the look of his face i can't i can't look at that that quivering fool Ugh, that ugh, that guy <laughs> i that liked guy. him i thought he was i thought he was a good campy villain ugh, ugh, that dude <laughs> God. 
All right. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, well, I already did it at the top of the show, but yeah, my show, my podcast, Monsters Never Die. It's a lot of fun. Uh, subscribe and you'll get to hear next month's episode where Jacob and I and a very special guest are going through every Michael Myers movie in celebration of Halloween ends. And that's going to be a lot of fun with a lot of arguing because I have strong opinions on that series and I have strong opinions on a few of the sequels. So, so that'll be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I enjoyed <laughs> almost all of the Halloween sequels. Almost. I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy most of them, except there's one movie that I don't even have it in the box set. Like, I took it out of the set. I don't even want it touching the other ones. I wonder if it's the same one that I would pick, but I'm going to wait for the episode. <laughs> Tell me off mic later. All right, yeah, <laughs> will do. <laughs> All right, thank you. For... Uh, but yeah, you can also yeah find me online everywhere at the Real Matt C. I try to use that name for every platform. Just makes it easier. That is true. Yeah. Too bad my name is like so common because I can't do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's a good idea. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was I had so much, so fun. much fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had a blast. This was this was awesome. This was great. Um. And uh, for those of you at home, thank you for listening. I hope you are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.